Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, kids. Um, welcome to the show. It's just a game. I am me. You are you. Um, we're on an inclusive show. Everybody here is welcome. Except haters. You got hate in your heart, beat it. If you think it's okay to discriminate against somebody because of your opinion of them, Beat it. We're broadcasting live from Treaty 7 territory. And we say that because it's respectful. We've got pretty important guests coming up. Ryan Pike, Will Nalton Studio. We got a lot of Flames stuff to get through and cut through. And Ty, I warned you. So for those who didn't understand the tweet earlier today, and for those who know or have been listening, you know that Ty is one of my superhero players. And he doesn't like it when I swear. And I swore when I was on the barn burner and Ty didn't like it. And since then, I've tried to keep the swearing to a minimum. This isn't that day. So, Ty, I'm already apologizing to you. Um, cowardice. Let's talk about cowardice. Yesterday, the National Hockey League's Board of Governors decided that and predictably so. I mean, we knew this was coming. That next year, they would take the steps and remove the opportunity for teams to have social causes, cultural causes represented in a pregame warm-up jersey. This is, of course, on the heels of what transpired this year. This is on the course of the heels of uh, guests that we had on this program, conversations we've had on this program. This is a de de divisive social issue, and it's it's it has nothing to do with indigenous culture today. It has nothing to do with black culture today. It has nothing to do with cancer. It has nothing to do with the military. It has everything to do with pride. It has everything to do with the LBGQT2 community. And that, that's what this is about. And a whole bunch of old white guys got in a room and decided we don't want to inconvenience our delicate geniuses anymore. It was hard on 
Eric Stahl having to answer a question about why he lied when he said, never said he wore a pride jersey, and yet there was video of him in a Montreal Canadiens pride jersey. This was hard on James Reimer. This was hard on Provorov. This was hard. Our players, they're delicate geniuses. They make millions of dollars, and we need to hide them away, rub them, wrap them in bubble wrap. I wish this whole decision, in a way, I kind of wish it was about hate. The National Hockey League saying they don't count. They don't matter. It isn't. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with wanting to protect their delicate geniuses from the outside world. There are owners in this league who have asked their general managers and their front office staff to cut down the amount of public relations work their players do because it's costing them games. This decision yesterday throws staff, line staff, from the league office and every one of those teams under the bus. Because they bust their asses, they bust their humps every year to try and prove that hockey is truly for everyone. But because this pride issue is inconvenient to the delicate geniuses, and I am talking about the players, I am talking about athletes who believe that it's very difficult. Goalies don't talk on game days. You can't talk to a goalie. Why? Why? Oh, they're focused. Oh, fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck right off. It's bullshit. You're covering up and you're protecting them. And you know what you did? Just like this, you handed this homophobic, Hateful group, small, but they're there. Whiners and complainers. Ooh, why do we have to do that? I don't believe in it. I don't agree with it. I screw off. You're giving shelter to hate. You're giving them ammunition to see. Well, the NHL said it's okay because they did away with it. They won't allow pride jerseys anymore. We win. It must actually be an argument. This actually, this must be an argument. No, it's not. This is rooted in politics, and this is a sports show, but I will deviate for this second. There is a minor fringe element which has now taken over one of the two streams, if you will, whatever we want to call, it's the right side, of which I consider myself part of up until recently, the right side. But it's not all people on the right. It's not all people who you know, consider themselves conservative or Republican or whatever you want to designate. But they need a vic they need a villain. They always need a villain. They've always I am 53 years old. I can list for you all of the villains that have been created for us. Black people, South Asian people, native people, indigenous people, Muslims. Remember when our mayor was going to institute Sharia law? Oh yeah, no, no. They're doing all these teachers now, they're doing all this grooming. Bullshit. You need a villain. You need somebody to make people scared. And it stops. It has to end. And the National Hockey League took the coward's way out. And they threw their own staffs under the bus. Do you know how hard? And I don't believe for a second that the Calgary Flames went there saying they needed to make changes. I don't. I know the foundation. I know the people over there. You know how hard they worked on those jerseys? You know how proud they were of the work that they did? My God, we had Dr. Tyler White here on Wednesday 
talking about how significant it was to have a warm-up jersey that represented Treaty 7 nations and their culture. We had Brent Dodginghorse in this studio not that long ago talking about how important it was. We had Bane Pettinger, player agent, gay man, on this show talking about his client, Luke Prokop, and how damaging these pro these player protests are. All due respect to my former uh, peers and the people that took, well, hey, Rob, you know, it's okay. They can still do pride nights. Yep, they can, but they can't do the jersey part. They can't. That's, that's the whole point in this. That's the whole goddamn point in this. When we say you don't matter as much, that's hate. That's hate. And the NHL caved to hate yesterday. I am fired up about this. And I'll tell you why I'm fired up about this. Because it hits me personally. I have friends in the community. I have co-workers in the community. I have family in the community. And to see people think that somehow this is okay to say they don't matter as much. And they'll do it under the guise of, well, we did away with all of it. Oh, I see. So hockey fights cancer. Screw it. It's done. Oh, but we can still auction off the jerseys. Not the same thing. Just isn't the same thing. Isn't the same thing. They had a chance to lead. The National Hockey League had a chance to lead. The players had a chance to lead. And they chose the coward's way out. I am an ally. And I know I have a lot of friends who are allies. I've seen it on social media. Yeah, I jumped on this right away. Throw me up the RCMP one, please, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Same day. Albert RCMP, recent spike in hate incidents involving two SLGBQT plus communities that prompts RCMP to encourage all Albertans to report any hate-related incidents to cops. The same day. This is why Pride Nights matter. The same day. It's illegal. Hate is illegal. But for some of us, it's okay. For some of us, uh, that... I've seen it with apartheid. I've seen it with the Muslim community. I've seen it with new Canadians. I've seen it with black people all my life. Somebody's got to be the villain. Somebody's got to be not quite as good as us. There's some value, institutional value, in keeping a segment of the population down. And the NHL bowed because it was inconvenient inconvenient. I had a friend of mine in the league said, yeah, this is a terrible look, but you know, it's on the league and the media. It's on the media. Well, the media always asks about it. It's kind of a story when a player refuses to do it or it makes the whole team stop doing it. You guys understand how much of this has to do with mental health? Some kid out there who's questioning, questioning, who they are, has just been told by the National Hockey League, aha, you're too big of an inconvenience. Too big of an inconvenience. But we'll take the coward's way out because we'll wipe everything else out. Throw up Tyler's, will you? Dr. Tyler White, our guest. Not surprised. None of us were. Disappointed. Absolutely. NHL's decision to discontinue warm-up jerseys. We know personally how powerful they were for our nation. 
reconsider it does way more harm and sets us all back again. And I cannot stress this enough. There are good people at the National Hockey League offices who are trying to make sure hockey is for everyone. There are good people, the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, the Vancouver Canucks, the Colorado Avalanche, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Florida Panthers, who are doing and see the importance of making this an inclusive game. But I'm done with this bullshit about, okay, well, it's no longer about skin color. It's no longer about heritage. Now it's your sexual pri that preference. Now we'll go after you about that. What's next? What's next? Again, four or five people I had to block last night. They want to negotiate, not interested. I'm wrong, don't fucking care. They want to send me their conspiracy theories about grooming. You never heard anything about drag queens re reading at libraries until a couple years ago when the right lost an enemy. They had to create one. So this is the, this is the audience we'll target now. Bullshit. Do better. I am a product of failure. I am not an angel. I have made mistakes. I have said the words that I no longer say and have pledged not to say. I've thought things that were wrong, but I can evolve. So can the rest of us. Reconsider this. This is not what this game is about. Good on the, the Ontario League teams and the BCHL teams that have come out and said they're not going to stop doing it. Sports is supposed to be fun. This isn't fun. But I have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to call out hate. This is not hate-based because they're protecting their players, but they've just given anybody who has hate in their heart ammunition. This was done because it was inconvenient for millionaires. Let that sink in for a second. It's inconvenient for millionaires. Whew. I'm going to be an ally. You are always welcome here. And I love lots of people in the National Hockey League. Love them, love them, love them. Love the game. But we have let people down. In some ways, we put people in harm's way. And in other ways, we have just given hateful people ammunition. I'd like to say this is the last I'm going to say about it, but it ain't. Probably not even on this show, but I digress. The worst part about it is how predictable this was. This was so predictable. So predictable. Jack, did we not talk about this on the show? Yes, we did. Thank you. So predictable. Uh, meanwhile, back at the ranch, how do you segue here? Did our guest leave? <laughs> Did he just jump off? Did he? Oh, he's, he's okay. Here. He hung in there. God bless him. Um, our guest, of course, brought to you by Ski Seller Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com, 76 years in Calgary. Uh, location open right now, McLeod Trail and Chinook Center. Uh, with that said, he is kind enough to join us two days in a row. Um, he is, looks like he's nervous. He shouldn't be. He's the managing editor. Of, I'm always a little nervous. You're always a little nervous? What are you nervous about? Oh, I mean, last last time we spoke, news broke during our conversation that became immediately pertinent. Uh, oh, we handled it. You had it covered. We, and, and, I, and I think, you know, I, I, 
it's it's in some ways a, a pleasure just to sit sit back in the waiting room and watch you cook because you know when you when you get uh, on a rant and you're on it the way you are it's it's fun listening all the, i'll say this i mean we don't need to go to you know i think you covered all the bases uh historically sports has been an amazing place yes. to induce uncomfortable conversations about things that we really need to be having conversations about i mean yes. dating back to, to jesse owens in, in the olympics and you know that's probably the most the best historical example i can think of but you know i mean you know I'll, I'll say this i know talking to folks around the league uh there's plenty of smart people who are gonna have to get a little bit more creative to bring visibility some things that they want to bring visibility to and i wish they didn't have to work as hard because I think the the system they had before, while imperfect, was I think a very nice way of bringing visibility. But you know, I'm I'm the, I'm really curious. There's a lot of buildings that house National Hockey League clubs and American League clubs or clubs from other other lower leagues. I'm really curious what kind of partnerships we see emerge in this in order to sort of you know figure out ways to make you know the, these important causes more visible. I would be shocked, shocked. If CSEC's other teams didn't blow it out of the water, they right? already do a very good job. But I, th- I think they're going to be, these folks are going to be very motivated. And, you know, yeah. the, the, these are the, you know, the, they, we, we talked about this during the season. Man, they did some sweet jerseys last year. I yeah. thought that, I thought that the Lunar New Year jersey yep. was amazing. Uh, the Black History Month was sort of devoted to Jerome McGinley's personal history was just fantastic. Like the amount of detail they put into yep. it. So I am a, disappointed that it's come to this and be kind of excited to sort of see what these guys have up their sleeves because there's a lot of really talented people uh who are you know they've been thrown a bit of a curveball but i think you know hopefully cooler heads prevail at some point yeah but you know i'm I'm excited to sort of see what kind of amazing creative things these guys can come up with and like i said i i felt bad because you know i had some people that I know in the business go, Hey, 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 we can still do the nights and we can still do the merchandise. It's just, they can't wear it in warm up. That's not the point. That's, that's not the point. The point is you change something because it was uncomfortable for your millionaire players. You change the, I, I, Ryan, I swear to God, I believe this in my heart. Art. The NHL did not do anything out of, of spite or anger. It's just, once again, the delicate geniuses, we have to rub them. We can't make them go through this. Mark, uh, Eric Stahl, I, I think I've called him every name but Eric. Eric Stahl, <laughs> bold-faced lied about this and got called on it. James Reimer, good on him. And whatever, he said his piece, but I, I, the damage has been done. And I, I feel like we've been robbed of some... You know, take nothing away from the, the Flames, which I, I agree with you, but New Jersey and Vancouver for the last three or four years have been just crushing these things, right? Like they really ran with it and really, you know, they had some really cool designs and, and I think it pushed the bar up, right? Ag- and agree. I, and I, th- I think especially, you know, Vancouver's integration of some of the, the South Asian community yes. into the things they're doing and a lot yeah. of the indigenous relations they've been doing. Yeah. I think it pushed a lot of groups all around the league to be better. And honestly, on and off the ice, that's kind of what you want. You want people to sort of be behaving in cool, creative ways without the shackles on and being able to sort of just get creative in the ways they want to get creative. So yeah, I think I think I think you said it better than I could. So, uh, sure. Well, yeah, it's it's a, it's a disappointing day, but hopefully, I I think there's been enough 
public reaction to it that maybe we see it walked back at some point, but I don't know. Yeah, I I, I don't know, and I don't know. It's just it's a failure of leadership. The league had an opportunity to lead in this category. Did the Calgary Flames get season ticket holders call and complain about Pride Pride Night Pride jerseys? Absolutely, they did. Every team in the yeah. league that did it did. But do you, do you know what I also think they got calls about? I think they got calls about. Damn, why can't we buy these jerseys in store? Why are they is your oh, jerseys not uh, as easy to get? Because like they I believe the the, the warm-up jerseys were only auctioned off. That's that's and, right. And a lot of people who talk to me, I got people in my DMs going, Holy cow, these things are amazing. Why right. I wish they were available more widely. So maybe that's the rant I want to do. Maybe maybe you know, I there's obviously there's NHL rules the teams have to follow for for warm-up jerseys. They can't do certain things for sales with more of jerseys that they can do with other yeah. things. So yeah. maybe, you know, maybe this allows them, you know, it takes away the visibility and their ability to promote these causes, but it might make it a little bit easier for them to raise money for these causes. Cause they might be less restricted in what they can do with the merch. I hope I don't so. Know. I, I no, no, it's, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. And, and I'm, I'm glad you did, because again, I hold no line staff responsible. I don't look oh, at, goodness, no. you know, there's so many, uh, young people and, and even veteran people who are working at the NHL offices trying to grow the game of hockey. This does not help them. I think right? we, you and I know a, a good amount of them and yep. you know, they, they, you know, categorically they work their asses off. And, Absolutely. You know, they, and, the, I, and this, but they, they get thrown under the bus today, right? This undermines them all definitely. the work that they've been doing. All right. Um, let's shift gears. Uh, all right. We, which of the 1600 <laughs> flame stories you want to get into now? Um, well, let me check Twitter to make sure nothing broke. In the yeah, well, okay, we're, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm not asking to get out. Um, just your overall thought on the day, uh, Ryan. And I, I certainly, the, my intention here is not to put Frank Saravelli on trial. I, he's as good and qualified an insider as we have in the National Hockey League. Having said that, I'm not sure that I ever saw one guy dump as much information this, this was almost the expansion draft again eh yeah that's yeah maybe that's the best ex maybe that's the best example of it it just felt like holy cow why now why all of it at one time uh, because i think because it's sort of it's it's relevant and it's very pertinent information i'd say you know the the cooler thing was sort of seeing you know granted we're sort of in the fishbowl but sort of seeing you know uh you know we had frank do his hit with the, the 960 morning show in the morning and then tweet out right afterwards. And then uh, before, before Elliot Freeman's hit on 590 that's syndicated uh, with uh, Merrick, he, he uh, made sure he's like, okay, let's hit on these things too. It was really cool to sort of see yeah. some, you know, some, the context built into it. So from, from everything we're aware of, this is just off the top of my head. Uh, one, Elias Lindholm uh, reportedly has a contract offer on the table from the flames mm -hmm. uh, at this point. Uh, all indications are he has not made up his mind yet. Yep. Uh, he is a year away from free agency. If he stays with the Flames, they'll throw a crap ton of money at him. I believe yep. the number will be somewhere between eight and a half and nine. He'll be, you know, the second highest paid player of the team outside of Jonathan Huberdeau. And yeah, he'll make a good amount of money no matter where he goes. Uh, so it's just a question of does he like what the plan is here? And so far, you know, he's mulling over. And the Flames reportedly are not, you know, they're, they're preaching patience. They're not pushing him to go, come on, yep. man, come on, man, come on, man. Like, you know, they're, uh, 
they're letting him take his time, which is, I think, very, very smart and very respectful. And it's what you should be doing in this situation. So that's Lindholm. Hannafin, uh, according to various sources, has told, uh, told the Flames that uh, he would probably prefer to go to the United States. And so, you know, they, they're, uh, I think the general belief is he'll be traded at some point in this offseason. Will mm-hmm. he be traded by the draft? Don't know. There's, you know, there, uh, I think uh, it's been mentioned uh, on various outlets. They're trying to get it right rather than sort of rush to get things done by a certain date. I mean, the date they have to have things done by is October 10th when the season starts. But until then, I think they can, you know, take their time and sort of ease into it. Uh, who else? Uh, Tyler Toffoli also apparently would rather play somewhere else. Uh, told them, ah, eh, don't really, not really sure I'm going to sign. Sorry, guys. And so it sounds like he will likely be traded again at some point, TBD. Uh, Michael yeah. Backlund, uh, yeah. according to Elliot Friedman, he believes he has been offered the captaincy as part of a negotiation. Yeah. Uh, Backlund, uh, so far, it seems like he's kind of, you know, I, kinda, I, yeah. if, for what it's worth, and I'm not an insider, but I'm, I'm very comfortable in saying that I have it directly from the source. He has not made it up his mind. Yeah. And, so. you know, it's, it's it's a big decision, especially you know he'll Absolutely. be he'll be he's thirty four he'll be thirty five when his whenever his next contract begins, and you know I'm sure if I'm sure if if he was if he believed if he saw a group on paper that that looked like a team if he saw a group on paper that looked like the twenty nineteen team he'd probably go okay yeah but like you know it's it's tough to win and you know if you have the choice of going somewhere that has a track record of winning or at least going on longer playoff runs than Calgary does, you know, maybe, you know, you're willing to, to go and, and try something else. So, uh, you know, it's, that seems like he's up in the air. Uh, there's been no general indications yet about uh, the fates of Nikita Zadorov or uh, the fate of Oliver Shillington. Shillington's on his way. He's going to be, you know, I believe he's still in Europe, but he's going to be coming back for the regular season. Uh, you know, the expectation is he'll be a full participant in training camp. It's basically, mm-hmm. you know, last year was sort of just, you know, burn the tape, and then he'll be back as a regular participant this year. Of all the players, uh, you know, I think Shillington's probably the guy that you'd go, well, yeah, let's see. Let's see how he looks uh, between now and Christmas and then figure out what you want to do. And, you know, he's, you know, I think, to be blunt, I think there's a lot of uh, respect between the organization and the player in terms of, you know, a lot of organizations would have been more vocal about the, the situation that Shillington was going through. And yeah. I think the flames are really respectful of the player's privacy. And I think they were really, you know, they were really good at sort of just giving him the space to deal with what he wanted to, what he needed to deal with. And I think that goes a long way for goodwill with the player. And, you know, they, they really like the player. I think the player likes like the, the organization, but, he also hasn't played in the year. So I think they both kind of want to see, you know, given the changes in the organization, if he likes the environment, if he likes his role, if he likes the player, vice versa. So, you know, it's, there's been a lot of, you know, just, just of the, the magnificent seven, there's a lot of stuff swirling around. Uh, it sounds like, uh, you know, getting Lindholm and Hannafin situations dealt with, uh, or at least some clear, some clarity on those two fronts are the big two dominoes to go. And then from there, they'll figure out what you have to do. Because, you know, let, let's be completely blunt here. If Elias Lindholm, your best center, says, see ya, mm-hmm. A, it completely changes your cap situation. And B, all of a sudden, like maybe other things you wanted to do uh, change entirely. Maybe all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, if you don't, if you, if you think you're going to have Elias Lindholm for eight years versus if you think he's going to be gone, yep. that changes how you approach Michael Backlund, even if he's going to be sure, 35 when the season starts. So, yep. You know, uh, 
yeah, it's uh, no well, shortage of stuff to talk about, eh? Yeah, and and add to that though too. Like, let's just say for a second that Lindholm's your linchpin, right? You know, that's, the, that's there. the term. Yeah, and you know, Toffoli's there, but you know, your linchpin. What are you being offered? All right, because you're, you know, with the unbeknownst, well, unbeknownst to us, right? Dougie Hamilton got traded for Lindholm and Hannafin. Now, I don't and want Dougie, to say Dougie we, Hamilton. Grant, he had he was still under team control, but he wasn't signed. You know, he was an RFA. That's right. Uh, Hannafin and Lindholm, and they got traded to Calgary RFAs with no contracts, but uh, they were good pickups. They were and, good and pickups, as opposed to draft picks. Now, yeah. now, I'm not saying it's a fleecing because Adam Fox was included in that deal, although he never signs in Carolina, et cetera, et cetera. But is it, you know, is your mindset if you're Craig Conroy, and I know what a large segment of the population is, I would rather have draft capital. I would rather have assets in this year's draft. But what is he being offered? Yeah. Well, here's if, if you think that you're going to have Elias Lindholm for the next eight years, yep. that, that changes what you'll accept for Noah Hannafin, right? Correct. Absolutely. But if you think they're both gone, then you're like, okay, maybe, you know, if we don't use, you know, want to use the word, you know, rebuild, uh, I, I would say strategic reset. Like you're, mm-hmm. you still have some good pieces. It's not like you're the, you know, the 1974, 75 no. Washington no. Capitals. No. You have some good pieces. You have some young pieces. You're going to be able to flip these guys for draft picks, for good prospects, for guys who are up and comers. I think the big challenge is just the idea of, Okay, like you, you gotta, you gotta kind of know what Lindholm's thinking before anything else happens because that's your pivot point, right? Yep, I, I agree, I agree. Um, I want to talk to you about something that I'm almost positive you and I talked about <laughs> during the regular season, and it's something that I bring up all the time when referencing last summer that you know Johnny leaves and Matt leaves. By the way, I, I do want to throw out that you know when we're dealing with reports there were reports both of those guys were going to sign last year at different times plans change man plans change plans so so you know everybody that set their hair on fire yesterday might have been a little premature maybe not but might have been let's deal with the the calgary conundrum and i i I wrote this down today is canadian equalization part two question mark (laughs) question mark question mark um because there was, a, and we talked about this too, back in 2000, 2001, 2002, you said it, I think, on the last show, that I don't think people appreciate how close this team was to leaving. And part of that was couldn't compete dollar-wise, couldn't compete with the big spending teams. You know, the, they have a lockout for a whole year. We get a salary cap and, and you know, things change. But it almost seems like now a, a Canadian market with an old building with a history of just muddling around in, out, in, out, doesn't really take any risks that let's be perfectly honest in many ways is just on many cases, just run of the mill is not a destination that players want to play at. And we've had this conversation is, I'm not sure is yesterday, is I'm yesterday not sure so much a destination. Like when people are like, Oh, you know, this is, you know, I'll say, I'll say this, I'll say this. When your when your philosophy is burn the boats, like the, the 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 mantra under the flames at least you know i can i'll, I'll say flat out i've been told this explicitly at least under bradshaw living and yep. i believe it was similar under previous regimes but definitely the marching orders for bradshaw living were you know when he came in they're like great you know uh jay feaster you know cleaned out the barns for you as mm-hmm. brian burke said mm-hmm. and the idea is get there quickly 
as in, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. No, nope. absolutely. 100%. 100%. And, and, you know, there's an economic rationale for it because, you know, if you're, you know, you, you get revenue sharing if you're in the bottom third of the league and you, you pay into revenue sharing if you're in the top third of the league. And the idea is the difference between you being in the playoffs and, and getting home dates and not, you know, for the, if you're the flames, that's the difference between being a revenue sharing recipient and being a revenue sharing pay in guy, or yep. yeah, it depends yep. on the, on the, on the exchange rate too. But if you're, if you're, you know, I, I know there's not a lot of sympathy towards billionaires and I, in a lot of ways there shouldn't be, but if you're, if what you're do you mean? A, we just spent six days looking for them at the bottom of the ocean. If you're, if you're running, coverage. if you're running a business, even if it is a wacky sports organization, it's for to have a sustainable business. You don't want to be losing money and you don't want to be, you know, reliant on Agreed. the, the largesse of other teams get, sending you money. Agreed. And as much as like the flames, I think, you know, it was a necessity for them to have currency equalization and a necessity for them to have, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, you know, the revenue sharing and the necessity for the cap. Mm-hmm. I also think, you know, not just a pride thing. It's just sort of a, a reality of running a business thing. Yep. You don't want to be reliant on other people to run your business for you. Correct. And so, they want to be in the playoffs every year because it helps their business run in the way they think it should. Absolutely. And so that's, that was the big thing towards the building too. I mean, the, you know, the saddle home is an expensive, expensive building to run and it is less, you know, I, I think the, you're, you're, it's, you're less competitive for free agents because it's not as nice as the other buildings. You don't have dedicated space for specific things. You basically have them cramming and stuff wherever they can fit it. And again, you know, the flame staff is a great job with the space they're allocated, but the footprint is what the footprint is. You can't do much more of what they have. And so out of necessity for the business operations as necessity for the, you know, the sustainability of the business and out of necessity for the sustainability of the hockey club, I think, you know, they needed a new building. And I, you know, it, mm-hmm. I you, agree. Can, you can litigate the deal. I don't love the deal. I think they had, you know, there's been better deals sure. in other markets. There's been worse deals, yep. but you want to think of the deal the deal is what the deal is right now though i think you know with the magnificent seven i just think this is a weird time in terms of a lot of bets a lot of things that the flames were hoping would break a different way broke the wrong way all at once uh case in point uh in 2016 you know brad true living had the ability to sign johnny gaudreau to a deal that was longer than the deal he signed him to Mm-hmm. He didn't. Yeah. Uh, in 2019, they had the ability to sign Matthew Kachuk to a deal that was longer than three years. Granted, you know they they couldn't figure out a way to open up enough cap space to make a long term deal viable without completely handcuffing themselves cap wise. Like they would have had to do dumb weird things all year to make that contract work, and so they didn't do it. And so for completely understandable reasons they walk those guys to the t- summer of 2022 where one guy can walk and one guy says i'm out of here yeah. so you know those those are the those are the cards that they you know they they were dealt those cards but they also yeah. played those cards in a way that walked them to the situation and i would say the exact same thing with this 2024 summer group and i think a lot of it was deals that they had signed you know if if you think you have or are going to have johnny gaudreau and matthew kachuk until the cows come home when you sign those deals in 2018 to, you know, for Lindholm and Hannafin, you're not going, oh man, we're going to be so screwed in, in six years. You go, hot damn, you got some good players for sub $5 million deals and 
your analytics guys will not shut up about how well these guys project and how good they're going to be in a few years. Yeah. And case in point, I'm pretty sure if you, if you go to, you know, uh, the uh, Donna sessions uh, player cards on the athletic website, or if you go to evolving hockey, any place that sort of measures player value, mm-hmm. those two guys have been dramatically drastically underpaid for their value for the yep. last three, four years, sure. which is great. It's great. But those are the kind of things that you, that you do and need to do when you think you have one or two franchise, like, you know, building block guys to build around, because let's just say you have a Kudrow and Kachuk still around till the cows come home. You reach the summer of 2024 and you go, mm-hmm. well, you know, it sucks that they're leaving, but you know, we got this guy and this guy and this guy. It's fine. Yeah. Unfortunately, the bets that they made when they thought that 13 and 19 would be around for a zillion years, mm-hmm. they just didn't, they didn't pan out. I mean, Gaudreau had a kid. And so, you know, anyone who has, who has had children will tell you, you, you know, whoever you think your priority is going to be in your life changed dramatically at that point. Like it, yep. you know, your, your, your life completely becomes realigned and Matthew Kachuk, who's always been a really savvy businessman, as much as he'd been a savvy hockey player, I think he talked to a couple teams during their RFA period when you can be talked to by teams and he got romance. I think he didn't know what options were out there, but he, mm-hmm. he was thinking, ah, I'll have some options open. We'll see. Worst case, they can just re up with the flames. I know I like it there. Mm-hmm. And then he got told, actually, you want to come to Florida? Want to come to Carolina? Want to come? Like, you know, yep. he had all these options available to him that he didn't know he would have and went, oh crap, that sounds much better than Calgary. Let's do that. So, I mean, if I had the choice of making a crap ton of money and living on the beach, as much as I love this oh, town I, I grew up in, that's tempting. I, no, I, so, Ryan, I get that, but 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 I think you'd agree that Ottawa is is you know everybody's screaming for a rebuild around here. Ottawa did the rebuild, right? And they got the good young players, and now DeBrincat wants out. Okay, I get that. Yeah, uh, Winnipeg, they rode those guys. They rode those guys. N- now they want out. They can't keep arguably one of the best goalies in. This is for old guys like me. This is beginning to feel a little familiar again, and and I would it's, take it's cyclical, man. It is cyclical, but on the same point, you got to address it. The only frosty, only frosty question, frosty answer I ever had with Brad True Living, because he was always, you know, what he's like. He's he's fantastic, but I asked him two years ago. Was it two years ago? When was when did Oliver Ekman Larson go to Vancouver? When did that? Was that two years ago? That was two years ago. Yeah, and you remember his agent went on Vancouver radio and said, players don't want to play in Canada because of the media and the attention and the spotlight. And I brought it up to Brad, boy, it sure feels like, you know, Canada's a tough sell for some places. Now, you know, he, I probably just signed Coleman or was about to sign Coleman. So, you know, he had every right to thumb his nose at me, but I do feel like, um, you know, you go listen to, listen to Toronto radio yesterday. Yeah. Oh, what's wrong with Calgary? Why don't people like Calgary? People, Calgary, nobody can't keep anybody. Rhett Warner this morning talking about, like, you know, okay, they got rid of Daryl. Now what? You, these people, they, they're they're still leaving. There, there's something going on here, and and I'm not saying you need to address it. I'm not saying we need to go out and legislate it or anything like that. But I do believe it's incumbent on, on this franchise, on Winnipeg, on Ottawa. Just opening your doors and saying we're an NHL team ain't good enough yeah. anymore. You've got to, to your point, romance the hell out of these players and, and want them to stay. And I think, you know, I, I mentioned this on, on socials the other day. So the cap is going to keep going up. It's start, you know, yes, it is. it's yeah. a $1 million bump for next season and then four-ish the year after that and four-ish the year after that. So it's going to yeah. go up to somewhere around 90, 92 million by uh, 2025. So the Flames new building 
probably opens 2026-ish, maybe 2027, depending on stuff. So, you know, if you're the Flames, I mean, if all these guys leave or some of these guys leave, it'll suck. I mean, these are, you know, a lot of these guys are homegrown players or players that have spent a good chunk of time with this organization. But I think the the cool thing is, and, you know, you don't want to, this is me being Mr. Silver Lining. uh, You have the Flames, at least even for 2024, have like a crap ton. They have basically half the cap open. They, you know, they mm-hmm. have half the cap open. Mm-hmm. They have some young players who are on their way in who mm-hmm. could have a chance to establish themselves. Mm-hmm. And the exciting thing is, you know, uh, I know Pinder has been mentioning a lot in Barnburner. When the New York Islanders knew that they were going to have the Belmont Arena, like UBS Arena coming up, you know, they, they sort of engaged. They didn't even call it a rebuild. They were just sort of, they yeah. were of the mindset of, okay, maybe we're not going to be great for a couple of years, but, you know, from a business standpoint, you're also, you're asking your season ticket holders, you know, I mean, I don't know if they had many in, in Long Island because they had to move around so damn much. Yeah. Uh, but you're asking your your Islanders fans at that point, hey, guys, we got a new building coming in. Prices will be a little bit more, but the team's going to be better. And here's, you know, you gotta, you're got you sort of selling the fans as much as you're selling other players. You're building a program that people sort of want to be a part of. Uh, you know, I don't know if you heard it, but like Paul Maurice uh, did this fantastic interview uh, with... Uh, with some, You'll uh, have to be more specific than that. He's done a lot of them, but Paul <laughs> yeah. Maurice uh, did this yeah. great interview uh, with an ABC affiliate, I yeah. believe in Florida, discussing about how, you know, his uh, disclosure, Paul Maurice's uh, son is a yeah. broadcaster. And yeah. so Paul Maurice has been, uh, he spoke very eloquently in a few different places, the idea that, you know, he, he approaches dealing with us media types differently because of what he knows about what his son needs to get out of those interactions. Not and a delicate so, genius. Oh, he's fantastic. I, I, yeah. you can, I, have, I have a lot of time for Paul Maurice. Me too. Uh, but just the idea, you know, the thing that really resonated with me is the idea that the game belongs to everyone. Everyone owns a different piece of the game. And so like, say, you know, what we need from the meat, from the, the team, what we bring and we, we own is different than the piece the fans do, the players do, the management does, and so on and so forth. And I think the the exciting thing for me is the idea that, okay, so there's a new building coming in 2026 or 2027 here. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is how do you engage the players who are on your team now and make them feel like they own a part of it? How do you own, how do you engage the community members here who may or may not be fans of the team to feel mm-hmm. like they, they own a part of it? Mm-hmm. And how do you engage the fans that are a part of the team? Because the, the fans who are the part of the team, like, you know, for better or for worse, it's going to become a little bit more expensive to be a Flames fan when that building opens. So yeah, how right. do you make people feel like they're getting something of value for the, what they're, for the, what they're bringing to the table, for what the part of the part of the game that they own, that they, they engage with. And so if you're the, if you're the Flames, you know, you have a, a really cool chance now with a new GM and a new coach and potentially a, a you know, a pretty significant changeover of players last two or three seasons and potentially continuing on for next season. You have an opportunity to sort of build a program, build a, you know, something that you feel that you, is good and something that brings some value and something that people want to be a part of, whether they want to be a part of it as players or as fans or as yeah, whatever. No, that's culture. Yeah. And I think, I think it's, we've had, I think there's been a very well-defined for better or for worse idea of what the flames are in the community and what the team culture is. And I think a lot of it dates back to, to Daryl Sutter back in, you know, coming in in 02 mm-hmm. and really putting a stamp on the team. And I think to various degrees, it's sort of been variations on Daryl Sutter hockey Agreed. in Calgary for the last two decades, which yeah. is all well and good. It's, they had, they had, you know, when you, when in year two of a program, you have, uh, 
four playoff rounds. Yeah, that's that's a good program, and it, they I think they've taken it fairly far. So the question is, now that you have this chance to do this sort of strategic reset organizationally, potentially, what do you want to do with it? What do you want your team to be? What do you want your team to look like to represent? And how do you want them to play? And you know, the game has changed in the last twenty years, and you know, in a lot of ways, I thought changed you know, in the last ten years and the last five years. I right? just remember, you know, you you and I probably vote, both vividly remember, you know, for for all his strengths as a coach and as a manager at times, I think Daryl Sutter was sort of Don Quixote. In uh, the in always tell me windmills all the time. Absolutely was. Yeah, I can, just trying, you know, I'll win it against hope, one. trying against three, hope two. to recreate the magic of that 2004 group. Yep. And okay, you probably can't do that. No. So okay, what are you trying to create? What are you trying to work towards? And you know, if because that if 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 you know what you're working towards, if you have a plan or you have a, a high level sketch for here's what we want to accomplish. Like say, okay, they brought in Mark Savard and Dan Lambert for the bench. Okay. Yep. How does that fit in, in the puzzle they're trying to build? What is the bigger picture? But this little, these two little pieces here that seem, you know, all due respect to the guys, but I don't think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, your two assistant coaches are not the most monumental moves. They'll probably make this off season. They're important but compared to the coach, compared to the GM, compared to potentially Jerome Aginla, compared mm-hmm. to the seven guys that they had to figure out what to do with, yeah. it's not quite as big. But it's important. And so where do these guys fit in in the puzzle? That, that's, to me, that's the fascinating thing. I, I'm really excited to sort of have some time to chat with those guys because yep. the idea of, you know, they brought in these guys. Here's the weird thing. Do you know how many games of NHL coaching experience, NHL head coaching experience they have on their entire coaching staff right now? Two. 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 Oh, because right. Because Ryan Husk was an interim right. coach in 2021. Right. That was 2021. a trick question. But all the guys, like, you usually see, like, first-time head coach, we're going to bring in an experienced veteran head coach or associate coach. Nope, they brought in you – know, they don't have no associate coach. They have three assistants. Mm-hmm. And one of them is the, the guy from – one of them came is a holder from last year. One of them's a guy who spent – uh, one year in the in the on the in, on an NHL bench, and then spent a couple years in the OHL. That's it. But he yep. was a very good hockey player when he played. One guy in Dan Lambert is a very smart player. He ran a really good power play in Nashville until the wheels kind of fell off the the wagon a bit uh, in, the list, in his last year there. But he's coached you know a lot in the Western League, the American mm-hmm. League. He's, you know he sort of bounced around a bit, but he sort of t- touched a lot of different things in a lot of different places. So just the idea, like they're bringing out so many, like just different people, different types of people that I'm just, you know, I'm I, fascinated I, to see how it all fits in. I get it. And I, I, I'm like you, I think when we saw Craig came, but you have to allow from up top, you have to allow from up top change, yeah. right? You have to allow from up top. You cannot be going to this group and saying, well, this is not how we do it. Because what you have been doing is mucking around in the middle. What you need to do is, to your point, is create a culture. I say this all the time, and I take zero pleasure in this, Ryan. Zero pleasure. But it sometimes feels like around here, because of the transient nature of this city, that Flames fans have two jerseys. Their Flames jersey and their favorite team's jersey. And that's because of where they came from or where they grew up or who they Wait, cheered well, for. The, the running joke was whenever I tell people I was born in Calgary, people are like, man, are there like three or four of you? Right. And you well, yeah. Hang out? Well, they, yeah, we, also, we always pulled Pat's leg about that. And I, having worked in the Edmonton market, say what you will about the Oilers, but they've done a nice job of cultivating this bunker mentality. And oh, I, it's, a, it's a religion up there. I bring this story up when they lost to Carolina in six. 
or in uh, 06, they lost in seven. When they lost, you remember the forecasters, everybody put out the forecasters. Well, that season went long and a month and a half later, the score put out their forecaster and the score had the audacity to pick the Oilers to miss the playoffs. Journal, Sun, headline, score picks Oilers, and that was it. Everybody in that city was fired. How dare they? It's a bunker mentality. We'll criticize the team. You don't get to criticize the team. Here, there are passionate fans, but there's they're they're diluted. They're, di they're you know, again, you need to do something to get into the rinks, and that's where I think the foundation and the alumni do such great work. They get out there, you know, the junior – junior flames program that they do with the uh, hockey Calgary and the, and the uh, first shift program kids that are playing hockey for the first time, get to work with the alumni. That's how you establish fans. Uh, the, the programming that uh, Candace oversees, that's how you establish fans, but you got to do more than that. You've got to do more than that. And I, I, that's the culture part that I'm curious about. And I think Conroy's the right guy for it because I think he's a builder and I think he brings people together, yeah. but it, I'll dovetail it all the way back to here. You're exactly right. Okay, if you're going to move Lindholm today, where are you going to be in three years? If you're keeping Lindholm, where are you going to be in three years? And then everything branches out from there. Yeah, and especially like the idea, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I think for how challenging it's been to be a fan of this team over the years, like we've had teams, let's be call a spade a spade. They, they, they struggled for economic reasons. They simply couldn't afford to compete economically with yep. some of the other teams. But it was challenging to be a fan of the Flames at points of it, of its history, and I think it's become easier. But I think you know when 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 they were getting outspent, you know, th three to one, four to one by by American teams, you could you know you could go to the game and watch the Flames lose, or you know whether they they might want win, but you know they didn't win a lot, and you could go well you know stacked against them. What do you, what you can do? Like there was sort of a aw shucks kind of mentality because like they were Charlie Brown because the system was built for them to be Charlie Brown, mm -hmm. and so you could at least wrap your head around and be like okay it's not really their fault. Yeah. But if if there now when everyone's theoretically on a level playing field, it's okay. What are you doing with your cap space? Okay, what's your plan organizationally? And I yeah. think we you know I'll say this. Based, having done the mailbag on the website and having written in this market and lived on social media for the better part of my adult life, for yeah. better or for worse, I don't yeah. know why I chose to do this, but Flames fans, by and large, are pretty damn smart. They understand. They get it. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you could just tell them, you know, like say in, the, in that 13-14 year, the team was not good. But the nope. team was not good on purpose. And they simply went, hey, we traded Jerome McGinley. And they try they, broadcasting they never, those games. They never used the rebuild word, but two shots in the, the first period against Columbus one time. What am I supposed to do with that? Oh, uh, talk about the cannon. You know but what? The, I had that coming. That goes all the way back <laughs> to the last show and the domino thing. I had that coming. Good on you, sir. Good on you. The gun went off. It was in Columbus. Everyone's here, afraid of the, of the cannon, though. It was here, though. Okay, I'll never, I, I got I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. Charlie and I looked at each other and go, "What? How do we do this? Like, <laughs> how? What are we but doing?" If right? if you're like, I mean, as a broadcaster, it's challenging. As a writer, it's challenging. But if you're, oh if sure, you're, yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. a fan of the team, and they say to you, "Hey, Rob, here's the deal. Yeah. Like, we traded Jerome, Mika retired. We traded Bo Meester. We're gonna bring in some kids. It might be a little bit lean for you in a bit, but like, we got a plan. Just just ha just hang with us for a couple of years." 
for the most part, I thought yeah, I thought the fan reaction to the that thirteen to uh, to sixteen period, thirteen to fifteen, when they finally you know, the, the, when they had the the miracle run, I thought fans were just like, yeah, okay, but yeah, they were okay. they were lulled into a false sense of it's going to be a rebuild, and then the find a way flames happened. And yeah. and that screwed everything up. I yeah, I still I still stand by my point of when we you know the 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 legacy of of Jay Feaster is improved drafting and the phrase intellectual honesty, and you got it. You know they were a team that was lucky as all get out that had they 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 ran on hot goaltending and everyone in the world having a twenty percent shooting percentage all at once, and then the next year they were simply an average team they they were they were what they probably were the whole time that's right and that's you know right. but i you know if you look if you look at the trajectory of the team under under bradshaw living generally speaking they got better and their luck sort of evened out but they gradually they became a, a consistently better team so okay so you're starting off at, at at this area if you need to drop down to here explain why and explain from here what's the plan are you gonna yeah. are, is your plan to go down to here and be a little bit worse and then get better or i i, I still think if you're you know, as much as it's not an amazing business strategy and my my livelihood, my job does not depend on selling flames tickets. So like everyone involved on the business side has my has my my sympathies because it's a very challenging job at the best of times. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine what it'd be like in a rebuild. But I think if you sell a plan and say this is the plan over the next four years, and by the time the new building opens, hot damn, we're gonna be gangbusters, versus just, oh yeah, it looks like they're muddling around and they're just bad. I mean, people do not want to support a bad team. People, historically speaking, in this market, people will support a team with a plan. And if you're at the bottom part of that plan, as long as they know what the point of the bottom is relative to the rest of the plan, history says here wow. that they'll probably stick around. So two things that jump out at me. One is the Rangers letter. The letter that they wrote, was it three years ago they wrote the letter? Yeah, I believe so. A few teams have done that. Yeah. Um, but they, no, no, there's two types of letters. And I'm absolutely 100% against apology letters. Oh, we shouldn't have missed the playoffs. We're sorry. We'll try harder next year. That bullshit. Oh, sorry, Ty, <laughs> I did it again. But the letter that I'm talking about is the one that they wrote, and they said, look, we're, we know what you demand. This is what exactly what you just said. Outline it. This is what the next two years are going to look like. You know, the Houston Astros did it. Right. Yeah. The Houston Astros said, right now, am I advocating for Craig Conroy and Ryan Husky to cheat? Yes. Yes, I am. Um, no, I'm not. But I, I that's the letter I would write if I was going to write a letter. But please do not write a letter. Oh, we're sorry we lost. I hate that letter. That's a dumb letter. Yeah. Like right right now, right now, you know, like we you, we talked about, you know, you and I in the past about the idea of a sports franchise being sort of a public trust. Yes. And so, okay, like, I think there's a lot of goodwill right now towards Craig Conroy, towards Ryan Huska, towards the organization, because, you know, like, I think there's a general acknowledgement of, okay, things didn't go well, and changes have been made. And it sounds like changes probably will continue to be made, you know, one way or the other. Okay, good. So, yeah, you have that opportunity to sort of be like, if, if you if you're thinking that there's going to be some 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 bumpy roads, mm -hmm. tell us why. Mm -hmm. And tell us where those roads are going. How many, how many, how many long ass road trips have but you, you I, you've been on and I've been on where it's like, you know, you're thinking, oh God, where the hell are we? Like, if you go on a road trip, if I'm, if I'm on a long plane ride, you don't yeah. tell me where the hell we're going and why it's worth it. 
I'm going to be cranky. If you tell me, like, during the All-Star break, I took a seven-hour plane ride to Hawaii, but it was uncomfortable. and it was, I was kind of cranky because it was a seven-hour plane ride. And those, yep. you know, sitting yep. in an economy for seven hours ain't fun. Nope. But at the end, I was like, okay. So the plan was, well, well, you're uncomfortable, but after you're uncomfortable, you're in Hawaii. Great. That's that's a, it, that's a trade-off I'm okay with. As long as I know though, the trade-offs I'm making, except, I can be okay with it. Except, though, that part you just said a couple minutes ago where, God bless, you don't have to sell tickets for this team. The business component is is the magic elixir in all of this because you're right. If you say this is where we're going, it's going to be a seven-hour flight. You know what? I'm going to come back when you get there. This is cool. Love it. Think it's great. I'm just going to save my shekels. And when you get to Hawaii, I'll just come join you there. And that's always the fear. And the other part is just the the absolute bonanza, which playoffs are. They are absolutely a bonanza, right? And and you can do and and you know it's that Peter Mar talks about it that well get in and you never know sort of thing. There you know as far as I feel a little hypocritical or somewhat a lot hypocritical about saying this team never takes chances. In many ways, it does. It's like let's just get a chance. Let's just take the chance to see if we can get in and go on a run, right? Or you know, maybe we're taking a chance and, and, and we're going to leave our plan because we have found a way to win all these games with high shooting percentages and everything like that. Maybe the maybe the real, you know, the real challenge there was sticking with the plan. I don't know the safe or that was the safe thing was to stick with the plan. I do know that. Uh, I hey, can I before I let you go? I just want to ask you about the R word. I'm not sure you and I've ever had this conversation. and I am opening an absolute can of worms. But. Yeah, here you go. In your opinion, how many current or recent first-time burn-it-to-the-ground rebuilds have paid off? And, And I'll preface that by saying... I think the Los Angeles Kings have rebuilt it a couple of times. I think the Edmonton Oilers rebuilt it a couple of times. Um, I say Tampa because they were quite bad, but they also seemed like they had a, a good plan for here's that what was, we're doing. That was like seven, eight, ten, nine, ten in that range, right? Yeah. So it, yeah. that paid off a decade later. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they were good. Like they were only bad for like uh, two or three seasons, and then they were pretty good and then they kept building that's right pretty good but and i I think that's i think that's where the challenge is because you know like there's plenty of teams like the the stage from being mediocre to awful easy you just sell everything like you you just go full chicago like it's super easy to be really bad yep the other direction is the hard part and like you can it's easy to get to the mushy middle i mean yes but getting above that mushy middle and being like like i'll say this Tampa, Tampa burnt it to the ground and they built up a culture. They built up a plan. And so when they swapped out GMs, you hardly noticed it because they operated sort of the same way. Yep. They yep. brought in the same type of players. And, you know, you can love or hate the way they choose to do business because they're, they're really creative. With- Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The cap, almost to a fault. They're really aggressive, almost to a fault. They, you know, they, their, their entire drafting and development model is based on, you know, finding pl- good players in free agency and plugging them into their system finding good players in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds of the draft because they trade all the other picks, mm-hmm. uh, Daryl Sutter style, in order to, to backfill mm-hmm. the roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they they believe in their team. They believe in their ability of their guys to find good players, their scouts to find good players in all rounds of the draft. And they believe in their ability to get college and European free agents assigned there because we're Tampa Bay and you'll have a chance to get a ring. And it works. It's like the idea of, you know, in Edmonton, you're going to get players that other markets won't get in Canada or elsewhere because of the allure of playing on the same team as Connor McDavid. Yes. 100%. And, you know, I think a lot of teams, there's that allure. Toronto gets players that are, you know, Mark Giordano is playing for Toronto for pennies on the dollar because mm-hmm. he wants to play close to home. It's Toronto. It's a, it's a market that matters. And Tampa, Tampa's built themselves into a market that matters. Carolina has done a really nice job over the last few years, especially since Tom Dundon arrived at build themselves into being a market that matters. And, you know, I, I think, yeah, I'd, I'd call Carolina a qualified success because they haven't really gotten to where they want to go yet, but you can sort of see the plan and the trajectory and how they've built yeah. that team. Yeah. LA to a certain extent, I think LA is still early in their process relative to the other teams. Yeah. But they've done it before. Like they've, they've yeah. had multiple starts at this, right. And and with the same ownership too. And I yeah. think, yeah. I think that's the key thing where like, you know, the, the Angelus family is completely on board with like, you know, if Rob Blake comes to you and says, okay, remember that thing we did last time? Remember how those parades we have? Okay. We're going to do it again. But for the first couple of years, it might kind of suck, you know, and you know, Anaheim's sort of doing that too. And Anaheim is sort of Anaheim in some ways has sort of gone to that perpetual quasi rebuild and maybe that's why mm-hmm. they haven't really had the success LA had because I think LA sort of had the gumption to be like let's just be like bad 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 with a capital B for a little bit and it'll pay off and it, it's worked out for them so I think you know uh, it's it's challenging because again you know if if we're if you're not if we're not signing the checks it's easy for us to go man you know what they should do sure. here's what they should do but it takes it takes a certain amount of uh, a gumption, for lack of a better term, to say, okay, I, I know I sold ownership on a vision, but here's my plan now, and here's what I want to do, and please don't fire me. Well, I'm not firing you. You've been doing yeoman work. Tell me a little bit about uh, next week in Nashville, your plans. Oh, boy. I'm uh, a bunch of us from the network are heading down. Chris Faber from Canucks Army, myself, uh, bunch of people from daily face-off including our, our buddy steven ellis matt larkin frank Valley. so we're going to be all over it the barnaburn boys are going down too so uh, if we can uh, steer them away from uh, from certain parts of nashville they'll get some work done 
but it's going to be a fun week. Uh, Monday is the awards with Michael Backlund up for the uh, the King Clancy Award. Uh, Tuesday GM meetings where goodness knows what's going to what's going to come of it because we already have I, we believe we have the cap number figured out. Uh, and then Wednesday Thursday is the draft. Friday is the end of the bio period. It's the qualifying offer deadline, and then. By the time we, you know, by, by midday on Saturday, all hell breaks loose at free agency. So, uh, you know, it's it's been a busy few days with Flames and NHL-related news. And, really? you know, I think it's going to only accelerate over the next few days. But, you know, we have a lot of uh, cool historical pieces to sort of tee up the uh, the NHL draft, uh, sort of showing what the Flames have done in previous years, how what has worked and what hasn't. Uh, and then uh, a whole bunch of player profiles. And hopefully we managed to profile the the guy that they end up picking because this is the kind of draft where you know it's it's beautiful chaos after about 10 or 11 and you know the person that you have at 12th overall could go 26th or they could go 12th and it's hard to say which which direction they'll go ladies and gentlemen mark jankowski hey right hey he no, no, in the sense of through a snowstorm yeah no but you know what i'm saying like you know there was that was a draft like that Pittsburgh draft. That 2012 draft. draft just was not very good in general, though. No, you at, and it you was, look at that first round. You know, everyone had a different list, and I don't think anyone's list. I don't was think right. the first. I don't think the first overall pick from that league. Uh, that that was that Yakupov. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, fail for nail. Fail for nail. All right, dude. We will follow you. Thanks again. I apologize for yelling at you. It was really directed at you, but you you got the brunt of it there when you came on. So I appreciate that. It was it was uh it was good it was good listening. <laughs> it was good something. Thanks, pal. See you, bud. There you go. He is Ryan Pike, managing editor of Flames Nation. Of course, all of our guests are brought to you by Ski Seller Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com. Uh, reminder, we are live in the Oodle Noodle studio. We're just crazy about noodles. We put the same energy back into the community. Two locations in Calgary and area. One's out in Airdrie, 105 Main Street North, and one just down the hill from here, 1244 17th Avenue Southwest. Pickup and delivery. Well, why would we wait? We shan't. We won't. We will move on and bring in our next guest, courtesy of our good friends at Ski Seller Snowboard, skisellersnowboard.com. 76 years, 76 years. And it's amazing. And uh, one now they have four stores in the winter, but one right now, McLeod and Schnook. So check them out. Uh, very pleased to have join us uh, front of the program. Um, and apparently... Uh, part of a uh, email chain that I wasn't on because I guess we were all supposed to wear our Cardinals gear today. Um, I see that. Hey, you notice that? I see Did that. you see that? Yeah. I can't hear myself. I didn't know. It's, it tripped me out. can't hear myself. I can hear you. That's weird. Well, we'll I guess we'll battle through, but it's fine. Wow. Just not used to this it. This is now, I, people won't know this. They're going to go, well, that's the first time Will's complained. Will Melt, by the way, is our guest. It's actually the second. No one has ever said that. Wow. They'll say, the wow. First, he can the first time. a lot. Well, yeah, because you already texted me to complain. Well, yeah. Because of what? That's what you're going to tell right now? The, the story of me complaining about? No, I just, no, the story that I was going to tell. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, actually it was. Yeah. Okay. Come to think of it, it was. Uh, Will Mel, kind enough to join us. Uh, again, uh, habitual uh, social media presence, and, and he has some opinions. Stunning. Stunning. Yeah. Stunning. It's uh, it's been quiet. I don't know why you're having me on, but uh, what do you happy mean it's be been quiet? Yeah, well, we're just killing time, really, to the to the next show. Next I guess. Thursday, I guess, yeah, huh? I guess so. Oh, it's a podcast. We don't have to kill time That's anymore. Right. Um, where do you want to start? Uh, I mean, the world is your oyster, sir. It's. I just saw news like I'm going to shift gears completely on you, but yeah. I just uh, I just saw that Bo Levi was transferred to the six game, so I just. Uh, oh, was he? Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to throw out some 
So he's going to miss. Well, that. wishes to him. He's going to miss that game here in. Ca- oh no no. Oh no. He won't, no, he won't no, miss no. that game. That's okay. That's next year. Um, boy, it's been an uneven start, hasn't it? Been a little rocky. I think the only team that's probably happy is the one to the province uh, yeah. west. Yeah, BCs look good. Oof, they looked really good last night, right? And no one's made Winnipeg look like that in a long time. Yeah, especially at home. Yeah, I don't think that helps. Or Zach Caleros. I, I was going to say I don't. I don't think that helps the rest of the league, does it? No. You wake up the sleeping giant. My only problem, and I, I don't know if you remember this, is I don't take BC seriously until the postseason because I remember the year they went eleven and zero to start, mm-hmm. and then we're just a train wreck to finish, mm-hmm. right? Um, but hey, give Vernon Adams credit. Like those are big shoes to fill for a rookie quarterback who was Canadian and all this great stuff. Those are big shoes of Rorks to fill. Yeah. And I mean, ownership's come in there and made a huge footprint in their community as well. I think that should not go unnoticed, but Vernon Adams is finally it, getting, you know, the opportunity. It hasn't gone unnoticed, but is it sustainable? Yeah. That's the other thing too. Cause it seems like to your point about the 11 or no, it seems like, you know, okay, June, July, it's pretty hot. And then. Well, As but summer how many... goes on, the attendance starts to drop again, and and I, I, I you know, I the, the concert part is the interesting part to me is those things are not cheap. No, and I, you can tell me all you want about well, it's just LL Cool J. It's not cheap, yeah. right? And you have to sink some hard-earned money into that. And um, you know, we we've had a conversation, you and I, I don't know how many years in a row we've talked about the viability of the league and you know the younger market and everything. I I'm hearing. It's it's funny how the mighty have fallen, right? Mm-hmm. I'm hearing good things about tomorrow. It might be as much as 25. You and I were working together not that long ago when that game, Saskatchewan in town, would be 32, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. that's the part that scares me. And I'm not 100% sure bringing out 90s acts to Calgary, and not, that's, a, that's a slight against LL, but you know what I'm saying. By, I'm not sure if you bring out... Hey, the Riders brought out Kim Mitchell, right? Come, uh, come on. Well, that's a Canadian legend. Yeah, I'm sorry. But I, but I'm not a trooper, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not a hundred percent sure that that that's that's going to scratch the itch yeah. either, right? And I don't know. I, I guess I'm reverting back to my original when I got into the business days. Like I'm almost pulling punches on the league, but this whole stats thing, and I don't know if people are yeah. in tune with this. Uh, you can't. That can't happen. No, that, and, that's and inexcusable. And for your commissioner to come out and say this is not a failure, it's a hundred percent a failure. You had two hundred days from the last end of the great cup last year till your season kicking off Yeah, i know 200 days yeah and you're saying it might be ready in july yeah it might you're not even making guarantees at this point yeah it's uh it's a disaster but you know we'll see uh we'll see how see i like him i do but he just yeah i know he just seems to get in his own way 100 percent. right just quickly and then we'll move on uh john bender asked me this question and i yeah. love the question all right you can't renovate or you can't build a new one yeah how do you get more people to McMahon? You have to renovate it. And I think I saw it two or three years ago, or maybe it's not that long ago, some plan of wiping out one side and rebuilding one side. Mm-hmm. Um, Similar to Ottawa. Yeah, that, that exactly. And then, you know, building up around it and things like that. Um, you know, it's so close to the university. Have you seen this stuff? I apologize. I don't know what they call it, but on the West side, uh, as you go towards the children's hospital, that new district. Yeah, university built. district. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they call it. It's by the university, yeah. that new district. University, university. district. Yeah. Two words. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's If you could have something like that, mm-hmm. right? 100%. Some kind of district. Um, 
And I know there's some, and like you said, I don't know if there's official plans out there, but there was some sort of plan out there about yeah, rene- know, renovating down that space and tearing down Burn Stadium and yeah. doing everything around there and kind of making your track and field. Well, isn't that where the field house too. is going though? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, or is it going over the track? I don't know the existing track. Yeah, I, I don't say. know. But I, I, I feel bad about it because you know I made the joke that the, the election, which it turned out was no, not even close. Um, you know, it was supposed to be an election about the arena. It was not. Um, but I, I, if I was Notley, I would have come out and said, not only am I voting for the arena, I'm building a football stadium. That that's how I would have countered. Mm-hmm. Didn't need to, but th- it's so quiet. Nobody yeah. ever talks about that. The last time there was any legitimate talk about, you know, a new football stadium was Calgary next. And then as soon as that project died, so did that conversation. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like in a way that it's kind of been, um, it's the, the story we don't talk about because I think it, it feels like a death march in a way. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to be, but it feels like a death march. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I yelled and screamed and, and, and made a quite a fuss. Um, what were you so top. upset about? Really, really, really angry about angry about uh, the NHL um, not allowing the warm up jerseys next year as a direct result of one group. And to me, and you, you can, push back as much as you want, but you heard me say this before. I don't think the NHL did it out of hate. They did it out of uh, taking care of their players. They did it out mm-hmm. of baby. They're delicate geniuses. They need to wrap them in bubble wrap. We can't, this is inconvenient to them. Yeah. We can't have Eric Stahl have to answer these questions. They're mean. And as a result, you have given ammunition to haters and, and, and hate groups and said, well, that group does, you know, the LGBTQT community doesn't deserve the same respect as everybody else the nhl said so that that's the part that bothers me and the other part that bothers me well you and i both know people personally who have busted their asses to do projects like this and promote projects like this at the league level at the club level all of these things and we know there's players that, well and, and you've been involved in those processes right yeah. you, know, you know how much goes into that i do i do and it's it's i find it personally offensive Mm-hmm. And because it's almost like a slap across the face saying anything that you've done in the past, we don't really care. Right. And that, so I was, re- I'm really angry. About that. I don't know if I've seen this talked a lot about so far on this topic specifically. And I'm curious where you stand on mm-hmm. it because you've definitely dipped your toes in, in, in both pools. But how much of this do you think is corporate involved in terms of was there any conversations from sponsors? And I only bring that up because. We've seen the negative backlash on Bud Light. And I do wonder if there's companies that have said, you know what? Yeah. We don't want just, is it better if we just completely scrap it? I I wonder, the reason I bring it up is because of the Bud Light and because I haven't seen anything of it. And some of the big league sponsors, I wonder how much of that conversation went on behind. Well, because it was not a release, the the NHL never came out. Yeah, like any studies or anything. No, no, no. They they just, we found out after the Board of Governors meetings that it won't happen again. Um to me, I go back to, it was so, it was the predictable, it was kind of the predictable move that the league would make. Oh my God, this is hard. We won't do this anymore. We have to answer questions. We, and, yeah. and, you know, what I have read is that there was a lot of concern about the players, you know, didn't feel it was fair that they had to go through this and it was hard on them. Um, so it was a fair point because you have watched Bud Light, um, you know, go through this. Um, I, I, I'd like to believe that there are more sponsors that would take up the cause. Mm-hmm. But until we are told exactly the reasoning, 
we are left with, they're not doing it anymore. It's like, I've been around this team for the league for 20 plus years. I don't remember a hockey fights cancer year that, that didn't involve a Jersey. And as a result of this, you're going to take, you're going to pull that initiative or military appreciation, military appreciation. I know how hard, I know how hard treaty seven, you know, worked with CSEC to get that, you know, the first nations Jersey. Um, it's just, well, Black, Black History Month, too. <laughs> well, there's a planes out of Jersey this year for that. Uh, well, they yeah. based on Jerome McGinley, yeah. his history. You know, we had Dr. Tyler White on the show on Wednesday, and he was talking about how important this was. And here we are. It's this week was Juneteenth. How important these things are. It, um, I just, I'm frustrated, Will. I'm frustrated. Um, it, it, it's an unnecessary gunshot wound that they didn't need to do. And they could have sent a loud message. They chose not to. They chose to take the coward's way out. I think you've said it perfectly. Okay. I don't know if I can add a ton more. I, I think I've had a lot of similar thoughts to you in that whole thing. And and I brought up the corporate part because I do wonder if that's a conversation. But I also know that the the player side of it was big too. And and I, I think and I'm not mad. I, I mean, I like I love Peter Hanlon and I love Sean Kelso and those guys. And I love you know I got a good friend uh, Brandon who's working in San Jose. And this is not me running at, at media people at all but the, the players are just way too protected now and they're just they're treated like delicate geniuses and they're not allowed you can't do this with them you can't do that with it. it's a game day oh my god they might shrivel up and blow away i don't know what the hell they're worried about mm. but it, it does it, it grinds my gears a little bit that i i truly believe whether people w want to accept this or not you know it's funny uh when i put my stuff out on social yesterday i got a lot of a lot of feedback, a little bit of negative, but not much. Um, but you know, the negative feedback is all, Oh, what did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? Hmm. Okay. Well, you heard the stories about the, you know, the, the kids who are trying to figure out who and what they are in the world and something like this allows them to understand and express themselves, but nope, now we got to go hide again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are the kids I'm worried about. Yeah. Those are the stories that I'm worried about. This one has real life implications and, um, it's, it's disheartening. Okay. I've said my well, piece. I've yelled about it. Um, rebuild the floor is yours. No, um, interesting day yesterday. Do you remember a day like that? I, I and and not with one team, I remember days the, with you know, we've had big names come in, you know, subsequent hours with different teams, but it's never kind of been bang, 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 all from the same team, right? And I kind of feel like everybody's vilifying Frank a bit because Frank seemed to be the guy that it why because he's from. right. He's reporting the news. Is he right? Well, he's reporting the news. I, I saw a lot of people, and this is why I get frustrated because I saw a lot of people yesterday hammering Frank for saying Lindholm's leaving. He never said Lindholm's leaving. Go read the tweet again. He no, never no, no, said no. he's leaving. No, no, no. But, so I'd love for people uh, to show me where he said he's leaving. He never said that. No. He said he's weighing the decision and leaning towards a no. Uh, but have you ever heard me say this? Social media doesn't allow for context. No, it does not. Right. It just doesn't allow for yeah, context. And, and yeah, it's funny because, and, and I put this out there yesterday. I don't know if you saw it, but it's it's the time of the year where I think a lot of people, rightly or wrongly, and sometimes it, it ends up being true, but a lot of people will go out there and say, hey, if you're a diehard fan or even if you're a media member and you say, I don't believe that report because I don't like it. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, okay, mm -hmm. it's that time of the year where you know some things might get said about your favorite player, your favorite team, and you might not like it, 
but that's the reality of it. And so that's where I had a, sometimes I had an issue with some of the attacking on reporters because they're just reporting the news. Yeah. And so they're just doing their job. Yeah. That's all. I, you know, I, I, it, it was interesting the way everything unfolded. Like, you know, today, Elliot, you know, yesterday, Michael Backlund's not staying today. Mm -hmm. He's been offered the captaincy. <laughs> There's just, I mean, they are, and I speak of the flames now are absolutely ripe for this. They are absolutely ripe for this new GM, new coach, seven identifiable players that, you know, they can't make the same mistake as last year. Last year happened. So everybody's kind of focused on you. You know, they didn't make the playoffs. They underachieved all of these sort right. of things. They are absolutely in this quagmire. And then I don't know, I might be too picky about this, but is there a picture of Mitch love smiling? Because there were like, so he signed in Washington. Good on him. That's, exactly what he needs to do or stay like sorry but if you're really if you really want to be a head coach then stay and be a head coach but if you need to get to the nhl he did exactly what he needs to do and why would he go to the team that said no we're taking him how many of us would do that yeah right true. how many Can't fault them no but the picture the same picture the poor guy he looked he looked i i was laughing angry all the time. everybody in the capitals tweet when they said mitch love hired and they put that photo of him yeah Every one of their fans is like, oh, our entire coaching staff next year is bald. Perfect. Like, <laughs> it's just we're going to have a bald, uh, a bald coaching staff next year. So, uh, Yeah, it's not what came to my mind. But, yeah, I can, I can see that. Uh, um, but, yeah, you're right. Every uh, every photo of Mitch Love looks very angry. But He uh, does. He's, he's uh, got to smile somewhere. He's got that mean mug. Yeah. We haven't even mentioned this today, but uh, Mark Savard, Dan Lambert, Kale McLean, Jason LaBarbera. There's your coaching staff. And Pringle. And chips. Yeah. Jamie, I forgot you. Sorry, pal. Well, I didn't been there for so long. He's, but he's listening right now and I feel terrible. Oh, is it's he? like a redo. Oh yeah, absolutely. I you feel like redo. I, I want to read restart. Fast forward. So Savard yeah. Lambert, mm -hmm. Kale McQueen, uh, McLean. <laughs> Take three. Third time's a charm. Lambert, Savard, McLean, LaBarbara, Pringle. There's your coaching staff. Nailed it. Okay. You're welcome, Chips. Um, not a lot of head coaching NHL experience in there. Is that okay? Because didn't you know how we added the president of hockey operations? Oh, we have a GM. Oh, no, now we have a president of hockey operations and a GM. That was the other thing. We hired a head coach. Oh, but we've got an associate coach. You mean an assistant? Oh, no, he's an associate head coach with zero experience. Well, there's no associate coach here. Oh, I thought Savard was my mistake. You might, not Jack. Be. Can you can you fact check that for me? What am I fact checking? <laughs> There's one show going on. What are you Jack? listening I'm to reading, over there? Jack, Jack, what are you doing? I'm just reading these. What's on your screen, Jack? Uh, we should play the game. What's on your screen, Jack? Huh? No. Um, can you we just shouldn't fact, play that game? Is, is, Savard, uh, is there an assistant is coach? Savard or? assistant or associate? Assistant, isn't he? Okay. There we go. No, I asked a fact check. I didn't ask you to make a guess. <laughs> I think it is assistant. I think it is assistant, too. Um, but you're right. I, I don't know if I have a huge issue with that. I think only because Huska has been around the last little bit around some pretty experienced head coaches. So I don't know if it's a necessity. He's worked with Lambert a lot before. Lambert spent some significant time in the NHL. So I don't know if it's a I, huge, huge X or I'm a not, red flag. I'm me. not worried about it at no. all. I'm not worried about the GM. I'm not worried about the coach. I'm beginning to worry about Jack a little bit over there. You all right? Yeah, mic's off. Okay. Continue. No, the mic's on now. <laughs> right now it's off. Okay. Um, you know, and 
to me, it's exactly how much of a fresh start is this going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, is, is, are does, well, you got to find that balance because I, I also don't know if you can go 95% youth. You're going to have to, you know, bring some, bring some veterans in. You're going to have to, we're not going to say this about a Flames team ever. I was going to say get to the salary cap floor, but that's not going to be a problem. Um, but you're going to have to, I think, and you're still going to have Huberto and Kadri. I don't think those guys are going anywhere. Certainly well, that, not this that's season. why. That's why I don't think you can call this a rebuild. And and, I, and I'm sorry, I'm not calling it a rebuild. No. I'm, I am still of the opinion that Lindholm will come here. And if Lindholm comes here, I think Backlund comes here. I think the guy. I think Hannafin. Yeah, I get that. Uh, to Foley. I guess if it was Daryl Sutter versus the room and Toffoli's a Sutter guy, I guess I get that. Except uh, that he wasn't. I thought he was. I think all rumors lead you to believe that he wasn't. Oh. But I could be wrong on that. So, That's yeah, and that, and I don't want to get into rumors. He want you know, we told, we'll see. But I, I said it to Ryan earlier. I mean, to me, the whole linchpin in all of this is, is Lindholm. And that's because of the position and, and yeah. And and I know you're you're gonna probably take me here, so I'll go there on my own. But it's gonna take eight years. And are you prepared to tie up? Oh, who knows what eight years from now? Maybe eight million dollars, eight and a half million dollars might be Could middle be of the pack. Yeah, it might be middle of the pack. But are you prepared to lock him up for that long? I'm not. And I, the reason why I say I'm not, I love Lindholm. I think he's a great player, but you've got enough guys in their thirties locked up with big, big dough. I, I don't know if you need another one in his thirties. Uh, he's going to be 29 in December is his best years behind him. Are you going to get a 40 goal season when he's 32? Um, well, let's, let's stop right there. So if you have those mm-hmm. players, you know, you're talking about Huberdo and Uyghur and, 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 and Kadri. Yeah. You know, I was talking, yeah, more on the forward group. So you've got Cuberto and Kadri already locked well into the 30s at big money. Same with Uyghur. Yeah. Right. Are you better off not to win now? As soon as you say win now, I can only imagine that the, the comments and the tweets that'll come in. What do you mean win now? I mean, you know, continue to try and piece a team together. Look, all everything has been said. Nobody watched this team this year and goes, man, they gave it a great effort uh better luck next they're just not good enough it's the opposite they underachieve they underachieve they underachieve if the goalie is good again if wolf comes in and is wolf or what we think wolf is going to be if the kids play and they could be a playoff team a playoff team i'm not a not a deep run team but a playoff team i i just you know if you're keeping lindholm i think you better try to be a playoff team if if you're not I think it becomes a really interesting question. Are you going after assets or are you to your point? Okay, well, we're losing Lindholm, so we got to try and get another center. We can't get a one, but maybe we can get a two. Yeah, I wonder what they do in terms of that, because you're right. I think the ownership is is I personally, I don't think ownership will ever give the message that they want to do anything other than compete for playoffs and compete for championships. Um, there's just never been their MO. Yep. Um, so it, even if, for example, all four of those guys who've been in the news and we're talking Hannafin to Foley um, and the two forwards back when in Lindholm, if they all leave, I honestly don't think it's going to be a rebuild. I, I, I think we're going to see those guys replaced with similar type players. It's just the way this franchise has always operated. Hmm. And okay. I, I agree with you, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and for me, like, I, I just think if you look at it right now, if you're to sign Lindholm, like, 
just look at your team, okay, the next five, six years and, and, and the playoffs, the way that they're structured in the league. Are you going to be better than Vegas and Edmonton's over the next five years with the core that you have right now? I know last year they underachieved, but do you think your group is good enough in a seven-game series to, to beat, beat those two? Which Edmonton? To beat the Edmonton that should be or the Edmonton that The was? Edmonton that they should be because you know okay. they're, they're going to be better and they're going to try. Uh, and, do we? And, well, they're going to try. They've got to. Sure, they're going to try, and I guess, but I guess, how's that working? I guess. Would you like I, I, you know, and I know we, I can't remember when we talked, but I'm pretty sure it was during the playoffs. Like I'm still shocked that they went out. I'm still shocked that Vegas beat them. I I respect Vegas. I think Vegas is the, they won the Stanley Cup, and they and they look good doing. Well, it. and the Oilers have lost now to the Cup champions in back to back years. They lost to the Avalanche in the Western Final last year, and they lost to Vegas. And which which series were they more competitive in? Uh, Seems like they hit the same wall, right? Yeah. So what are you? I, I understand the point, what they should be, but what are they? Vegas. Are, they're, uh, they're good every year. Yeah. What's Aiden what, Hill? Are they a juggernaut? Well, what's, that's that's my point. What's Aiden Hill? What, 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 is what are they in goal? Who's their goalie next year? Million dollar question. Right? And at some point. And all due respect to Aiden Hill, good Calgary boy. Absolutely. Anyone can get hot for a couple of months. We've seen it with lots of goalies in the past. And if you well, look you know at what his, this reminded me of, it reminded me of Leighton and Yammy. You know what else it reminded me of? What's Andrew that? Hammond. Yeah, the Hamburger. Obviously, he's not hadn't has as low as low as, as Andrew Hammond. You know, Aiden Hills had a better career than Hammond to this point, but but don't you think Leighton and and Niemi are more of the comparisons? Yeah, right. Because Niemi twenty ten Niemi wasn't even qualified, by, or he was sorry, he's qualified. He wasn't he was let go by his team when they got the arbitration award. Uh, and I don't think we ever heard from Michael Layton quite the same way again, no. did we? So I, and I, 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 I thought I, there's no reason to think the kid can't play. I don't know, but where's Robin Lehner in all of this? I, and, and do there, well, and this that... is the, this is the part I don't understand. Really. I don't understand. So I could be convinced either way. Does their cap gymnastics ever catch up to them? Oh, hundred percent does. 100%. Now, maybe I shouldn't say 100. I should say maybe 90 because I do wonder, uh, to your point about Lindholm's eight and a half earlier, like if the cap jumps a lot here in the next two, three years, they're probably going to be okay. Yeah, it's going to go up um, by 10 million. So they, yeah. they should be. They should be fine. Yeah. But you're right. I think and, and it's maybe for me, it's not only cap gymnastics, but it's constantly chasing that new toy when does that catch up with well them? the other team that you didn't talk about is los angeles and they're not going to go anywhere no they're going to go like this they're going to go straight up um vancouver i don't know they're a mess uh, san jose not they're yet. a mess anaheim not yet um who else moved did we move detroit in the pacific now or what <laughs> i can't keep track um arizona still in arizona, arizona? Oh, who where no hartford you mean salt lake so oh <laughs> yeah that's that's another one right there baby um. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I, that's, I, that's the I, question you have to ask yourself internally, and, and I, I just think for me, and I put this out there earlier, and I will end on this for Lynn Hill, want a, a pretty little bow on it. I, I just think that you're putting yourself back in your circle, like it hasn't worked. What are we doing here? No, it's been I thirty years of the same thing, and 30 so, years, but it's thirty. When are we going to change that? It's thirty years of not. Yeah, exactly. It's like, thirty years of not being some, able to some, say the R. It's obviously not the working. only the only thing. And I brought this up with Pike. You probably heard me, and and I'm sure, you know, we we. How many good rebuilds have there been? 
Well, yeah, it hasn't really been done a lot, to be honest. It was done up north. It took forever, and it wasn't even. No, no, proper. I'm talking so about how many clunky. That was that would, but there was multiples, right? Yes, you know, and they're I still even, really still in it, to be honest. They haven't climbed the mountain. I mean, right? L.A. Yes, L.A.'s in another version. Yeah. They're they're coming out of that. You know, I look at at finally it looks like Ottawa. So that's 2017, and now maybe in 2024, Rangers just fired a coach, so they didn't really do it. The devil, the devils, the devils. Yes. The devils were absolute. Yeah. Horse S for you can say it no matter. Um, Horseshit. Yeah, they were. And now I think they are on the rise. But how many incarnations have we had of that? Just one. Really? Yeah. Really? I mean, they were shit after Eliash and that core left and they didn't really do much. Like, okay, they went to the cup final with Kovalchuk. After that, did they really do anything? No, but that's what I mean. How many? So it's been one build hasn't it though like with this core group no this, this i think GM i think this, the build picks? i think the build uh like, well 2017 they yeah. drafted um when did they draft hughes oh that's two uh, 18 19 sure. no no well which Hughes? 20 20 uh hold on uh no it would have been 2019 2019 yeah so i think the devils are a one build team okay um, they're not complete yet, obviously. Yeah. They still need to find their goalie, which yeah. sounds like maybe they have in Winnipeg. But... Montreal's done it a couple times, right? Yeah. Uh, Toronto's done it forever. I just I, you're right though. It's it's not easy. And it, I, I it isn't this, easy. And, and what I said this earlier, too, but I don't think that precludes you from doing it. No, you right? Try absolutely. And and even the quick builds too. I mean, if you want to, you know, if you are to trade a, a backland and a Lindholm and you're getting similar type players in and you're doing a, a rebuild on the fly. Like we've heard so many times you need so many things to go your way for that to happen. Yeah. yeah. So it ain't easy. No, it, it's not. Although I do, we, we, we seem to work on the extremes. Let's come back to the middle a bit here. Stop with, we won't talk about the kids. They're the players that might leave, but let's talk about the kids. Mm-hmm. We assume Wolf was coming here. Yep. Um, What's a reasonable expectation for him? 20 to 30 games? I think you probably want to see him in about 20 games, yeah. And I think if he plays really well, you could probably see it upwards of 25. If he doesn't play so well, maybe you lighten that a little bit. But I think, and, and you know, Elliot Friedman said this forever, you get to the goalies at the end of the season, the Stanley Cup final, and a lot of them don't end up in the 65-70 range. Like, you can't Not do anymore. that. So, Not anymore. Yeah, I think you probably go in with a target number of 20 and see how he does. On the blue line, the Poirier kid isn't ready, is what is what I've been told. Like I'm not expecting him to come into camp and earn a spot. No, but I'm I'm curious could to see what see he looks him. like in camp. Yeah, and, and you could see him this For year sure. at some point. Um up front, I, I think Coronado. I think uh, I don't know if he's guaranteed to be here, but I think he'll compete. Hmm. Okay. I'm not sure his skating is ready yet. Hmm. Okay. Um Pelche. I think he'll be here day yeah. one. Zary? No. Phillips? I don't think he's here. Hmm. Hmm. It, that doesn't feel like a lot of youth to me. It doesn't. Right? And and I think it's maybe at some point down. Walker Dewar, I, I, yeah, yeah. in fairness. Yeah, right? for sure. But in terms of your recent first-round picks, yeah, I don't know if we're talking about them all being here. That's not a lot of youth, no. right? For unless you're going to go I mean, out and get youth, yeah. I, I what do you want to get? At, what can you get out of this draft? Are people going to give you draft picks 
or you have a better chance of getting somebody's prospects in this year's draft? Well, that's a great question. 23, apparently the first round is very, very deep. So I do wonder how hard those picks will be to get next week. Um, certainly, you know, some of the teams we've been talking about with some of these players like a Lindholm and a Hannafin, I don't know if you're getting a top 10 pick for, for those guys, but you know, if you package it into a bigger deal, maybe you are. I, I do wonder, Rob, in terms of the youth, is is Conroy's focus on the 24 draft? I don't know. Are those picks going to be easier to get? I, I don't know. Um, but that kicks the can even further down the road. So yeah. it, it's it's going to be a tough one to, to juggle, I think. But I think as the night goes on, I put this on Twitter yesterday. How many times do you think Calgary's picking in round one next week? Well, that... Because I, I think it's more than what they got now. But can, I don't think it's no, a lot can more. Can Noah Hannafin bring you back a first-round pick? I think Noah pick? Hannafin gets you a first-round pick, yeah. Above the above – the, how would you say this correctly? I think – 1 I, to 20? I think – Can he get you into 1 to 20? I think if you can package something else, and and I don't know, maybe you, maybe you package your own 16th with it to make it happen. But I, I think Detroit's 9 is achievable for Hannafin because they gave up uh, Phil Horonic to Vancouver – They've got, I think, three first-round picks. They've got three second-round picks. I forgot about that. They They've did, got a they? lot of picks. So, I don't know. Maybe Eisenman's not looking at Hannafin, but they need a, a D on top four. Um, he fits a need for them. He plays a lot of minutes. That'd be a team I keep an eye on. Wasn't Buffalo one of the teams that was rumored at one point? Yeah. Even Washington, too. I think they're right in that range, too. 10-11, maybe. Hmm. I... When's something going to happen? Hopefully soon. Well, I started off the week. Thinking. When do the GMs arrive in Nashville? That's when it'll start yeah, going. I guess so. Sunday? Who's more active, Calgary or Winnipeg? Calgary. Calgary's more active than Winnipeg. I think they have better pieces. I think Winnipeg's not going to move Dubois just yet. Unless they get a killer deal before Thursday. And I think Winnipeg's willing to ride next year out with Dubois. And trade him at the deadline. I do. What about Hellebuck? I think he's gone. Yeah. I think I See, think and that, he, he so and, which is a better at which is which is more valuable in the open market right now? Hellebuck, Hellebuck or Lindholm or Lindholm? Hellebuck or Lindholm? Yeah. Hellebuck. Yeah. That's why I think Winnipeg is going to be more active. Hellebuck or yeah. He's the best. And it sounds like Wheeler's, you know, and, and Wheeler's, you know. Wheeler's a guy that's gonna yeah. eat half the money and go somewhere for a year. And yeah. Sounds like it could be Minnesota back home. So, because they're a team that is loving to bring in players in their direction. Speaking of perpetual rebuilds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good Lord. Holy cow. I think the longest rebuild in the league right now was maybe Vancouver. Mm. Haven't been in the playoffs since 15. Arizona? Well, you know, they have been in the playoffs in the bubble. That was was a lie. Uh, Actually, won around too, didn't they not? Vancouver, they yeah. went deep. Yeah, that was their whole overpicking Demko now because he was lights out. That's right. Yeah. What about Arizona? Yeah, they've been in a building. Yeah, they like forever, right? Oh. That and they, I, well, you never... they've been in a building more ways than one. Oh. Rob on the ice and off the ice. <laughs> I we don't even I don't even talk about it anymore. It just it like I got it ten years ago. Okay, it's a television market. All right, if you get out to Scottsdale, I get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But now you've had a legitimate opportunity to be owned by the people down there and they turned it down. You know, but good lord. And well, you know, 
why wouldn't they do that for the other other teams? Look at uh, look at Atlanta. Like nobody wanted Atlanta. They threw the keys in the middle. They had no choice, right? Um, this I just I don't know. You you know they talked to Jason Smith, not that Jason Smith, the other Jason Smith who owns the Utah Jazz. Um, pretty sure that they've got no Ryan Smith, right? Jason, I got my Oilers captains mixed up. Uh, Ryan Smith that owns the uh, Utah Jazz. Um, I think they're trying to get him to do the shovel day off. But and this got brought up. I don't know if this is legitimate or not. Do you want an expansion team or do you want a Well, and I've heard this conversation a lot. And I think Elliot Freeman brings up a great point. Like if you're Ryan Smith yeah, and you're looking at what's happened in Seattle and Vegas, I want an expansion team. Yeah. Now that the rules have changed. I want my team and I want to build it my way and I want to, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. If I'm going to spend that kind of money, I want my own team. What do people in Columbus and Minnesota and all those other places think? Like, look, look at Columbus. I mean, God love them, and I love Ports Line, and I love the city. It's great and everything. They've been in for two-plus decades now and have nothing, nothing. They've won one round. Right? One round. Nothing. They swept the lightning. Yet Vegas is two Stanley Cup finals and a championship already in six years. Minnesota's never been to a cup final. Nope. Been to a West final. Yeah. I I I just Nashville, they've been to a cup final. Hmm. Unbelievable. Um <laughs> it is wild. Who coaches the Calgary Wranglers? So Mitch Love has left. Who coaches the Calgary Wranglers? Brent Kissio. Okay. Coach Lethbridge Hurricanes, former assistant with uh, Calgary, has coached uh, with Hockey Canada, mm-hmm. has that pedigree. Of course, his father, Kelly. Uh, I know who I think should. Who's your pick? Carla McLeod. I think it's about time. You show me another coach who has openly, on a big stage, shown me what Carla has shown me the last two world championships. It's been brilliant. I would love for her to get the job. Right? And, you know, building that culture and having that influence and making those players buy in and believe. Um, I, I just, you know, I wanted her to get interviewed for the, you know, the Flames jobs or the assistance jobs. I just don't, uh, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I hope it happens. But um, can't I can't see anybody being better tactically you know, all of the little things that, that she is um, deserves that opportunity. This is going to piss people off, but yeah, should she be an assistant first? She hasn't been hired in pro hockey. Is that going to scare some people away? I know she's coached Worlds. I just wonder about that, no, too. I, I, dude, I get it. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, Mitch Love came from the Western League right in the... Uh, but he was League. a head coach in the Western League. She's a head coach at high school, right? No. Where's she now? UFC. Oh, she's at UFC, is right. Never mind. Sorry, Carla. No, no. It, but but that's part of it, Yeah, Will. It's, it's like, you know, on Wednesday, the Hall of Fame. Oh, there's Caroline Willette. Just one. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Why are we putting these restrictions on these things? By the way, Hockey Hall of Fame, not the NHL Hall of Fame. Let's, yep. let's make sure we point that point out. Yep. Uh, well, and I mean, really, I, people were laughing at the three goalies in the class, and I think it was Frank who put it out there. He goes, until now, like, there was only, I think, 12 goalies total. 
before mm-hmm. this class. Mm-hmm. So really, goalies have been ignored forever too. So oh yeah, yeah. no, no, I, I we, there was a lot in that class where people were like oh, we had yeah. a uh, Ryan and I had a fun question because I I asked this like and in, in this goes back you know I've we've debated this before is Paul Henderson a Hall of Famer? At moment is. At moment, yeah. what he did is, yeah. is Hall incredible. Should that be something that maybe the, the Hall of Fame looks is adding some new categories? Oh, we can't do that. Well, why, why can't we? Why can't we have, you know, an international moment or Hall of Fame moment or, or something like that? Why couldn't we put... Because, again, the honored members will always be the honored members. The, you know, the, the, the media guys are in the Hall of Fame, but they're not the honored members. The trainers recognize they're in the Hall of Fame in terms of their pictures, but they're not honor members. I get that. Mm-hmm. Honor members are honor members. That's cool. But why not have, you know, more of a collection of, you know, um, this was one of the great, like, uh, mm, bad example. But for my generation, uh, the um, Washington Islander game, longest game ever in history. There should be some special recognition for that because mm-hmm. <coughs> it's referenced. It's talked about all the time, you know, and, and, you know, Latvia this year, like, you know, look at what they did. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, well, even like just going back to Carla full circle like that, the, shouldn't that, Oh, abs- shouldn't that Czechia first medal be in the hall of fame? I, and I, like now you can put, yeah, you can put it in the hall of fame, but I'm talking about actually recognizing. Right. Them. Yeah. 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 It's, it's overdue. And, and, I think Hall of Fames are in that weird spot of trying to trying to like get things right, but they all just seem to not get it right. I don't know. Well, it's, no, it's weird. It, it is because okay, that and I had that conversation too. Is I what is this need for secret ballots being public? Why is that necessary? I never doubt, I never question it at all. But now, you know, the baseball players. They do that. The awards, they do that. The, I believe Ryan told me that they do the, the, um, the, when they vote on the Elmer Ferguson, they make those public. Um, we, we have, we can't have a secret ballot. Why can't we have secret ballots anymore? I, I don't, everything, you know, in this world that we live in now, everything's got to be out in the open and got to be scrutinized. Why don't you want it to be transparent? Why are you, I guess the other way, why, why do you like that? It's secret because I think it's in some ways it, brings down the conversation and the and the and the accolade a little bit like um you know if you get recognized and you're put in the hall of fame uh and listen not publicizing the ballot would do the opposite <laughs> it would just add more scrutiny to it but um uh, t- to me it, it, the story almost now becomes the voting rather than the individual like who voted for him why didn't they vote for him? He's are you, not are unanimous. You, are you referring to like, oh, you're the asshole to let uh, Barry Bonds in? Or you're the asshole to let Pete Rose in? Or, or you whatever. didn't, more more likely, you yeah. didn't put him on your ballot and you didn't. Uh, I, I just, it seems like we spend more of sports time, says the man who started off this show with a 12-minute rant, more of this, of our time in sports, arguing about the processes rather than enjoying the uh, uh, the exploits. I, I guess just for me to, from the other side, like if, if Hall of Fames are so sacred and all that type of stuff and the people that are in charge of putting players and or uh, honored members in, shouldn't they be, because that's such a high position to be in, 
shouldn't they be held accountable and, and, you know, washed over in terms of like, you know, as a fan, shouldn't you trust that process? And I think if you're behind closed doors, I think some of that trust is lost. That's just me. And I think, no, no, I get it, Willie. I get it. I get it. I get are, it. I get it. That's but a very powerful position. It's to a be very, in. But, and, and but I, you can just, that's like, it's the same, maybe not the same, not the same, not the same, but it's like referees or umpires making a bad call and never talking to the media about it. No, it's the exact same. Yeah. It's the exact same. No, no, it's, you have it's no there's no accountability. So that's why I don't like the original it. delicate geniuses. Yeah, that's why I don't. No, like no, it. I, I I get it, but to, to, it just it's not a hill I'm prepared to die on. Don't get me wrong. I just I, I, um I don't know if people appreciate how much work goes goes into making those decisions. Mm -hmm. And because we don't know enough about it. Well, I've done it because I I was a voter. A part of the selection committee for the Alberta Hockey Hall of Fame. Now, I would not equate that to the National Hockey. No, Hall. no, for sure. Don't get. But, but I know question, the responsibility right. that I had there. But you only know that because you were involved. And I think you know, for fans, right? You, don't you but, want to know how it's involved? Yeah, like, but what goes you, into it? You don't have to do a heart surgery. And I'm not comparing the two. Oh boy, that's a bad example. But you, the the point I'm trying to make is, um, there's a lot that goes into those decisions, yes. right? Like talk to Eric DeHatchek when you nom when. Mike Vernon gets nominated for the Hall of Fame. It's not like somebody has a copy of the hockey news and a highlighter and goes, how about him? Right. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, there's a, a case to be made. There's comparables, all of those sort of things. And yet McGillney doesn't get in. And like I, to me, I, I'm gobsmacked by the uh, the outrage uh, when a player doesn't get in. I'm, I'm absolutely blown away. Like, you know, you're an idiot. You can't, how can you, you can't do that. You know, how can you not put him in? Um, you know, and you know, you know where I sat on Pat Burns. Like I didn't get it. Like, I, I know we wanted to rush it because he was dying. I, that's a sad story, but it's a process. And I put faith into the people that, and again, faith, nobody has faith in people anymore. <laughs> Right. I think we just established that. Yeah, Nobody exactly. has faith in, you know, do we you, don't trust the process. We got no faith in it. So, you, you know, Ryan was saying, do you do you right? If you're the Calgary Flames and you trade uh, Elias Lindholm for three picks and a bottle, a bottle of water, do you write a letter? And I don't even know where you'd write the letter anymore. I guess you put it on your website. Is it Rob Kerr water, though, or is it just normal water? That's a huge, huge part of this. Somebody's in trouble over that. Uh-oh. Well, I didn't. Mm. Yeah, it needs context. Mm. No, it needs context, right? <laughs> yes, no, I know. Um, anyway, you might have seen it floating around. <sighs> no, my the, the point I was making is do the Flames, okay, they they trade Lindholm for, you know, th yeah. three picks. Is it incumbent upon Don Maloney and Craig Conroy to write a letter? And post it on the website and go, dear Flames fans, you know, this is what we've done. This is where we're going. This is how we're going to get there. Here's the process. It's not similar. How is trading a player and electing someone to the Hall of Fame similar? Well, it's just talking about the process. Oh, you, you process. said the process. Yes. And, and Ryan had brought it up before. It's the process. We are fascinated by the process. Ah, right. Yes, yes, yes. We need to see who voted and why they voted that way. Yeah. Here's the process. I would have done this. 
all right, but exactly how much work have you put into this? These voters are not there by accident, right? You know, there's some work that they'll just knock on the door and say, I want to vote today. And then they vote. That's not how it works. No, no. It, at least it shouldn't. No, at least it shouldn't. Thank God. And, it and, but it, but it's a process. Yeah. And, okay. So if we're so big on processes, do we want a process? So if the flames decide to trade Lindholm for picks, do we want, or they don't, they, they decide to, well, I think if fans had it their way, they'd, they'd absolutely <laughs> love to have every GM's call log and who they talked to and what players they could have had. Come on. Of course we would. Yeah. No, but no, you're right. hundred percent. Um, but you, 100%. it's just not going to happen. It's just not the reality. So, um, yeah, a tough one, but I, I see where you're coming at. I see where you're coming from because I think there's this part of us that all wants to see how the sausage is made. Right. Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, do you have anything to plug? No, <laughs> really don't. You don't, eh? No. How about your social media? Uh, you can follow me at will underscore Nalt on Twitter. Okay. All right. Nothing else. Well, I have Instagram, but I like to keep it a little low key. Oh, do you? Low yeah. key. Okay. If you if you want to follow me on Instagram and I know who you are, I'll probably follow you back and I'll let you follow me. But I, you know, I don't really, I don't really do much on Instagram. Yeah, I hope you let them follow you. That, that I just, you know, like to keep that stuff personal. I'm, uh, I'm kind of anxious to get the show over because. Little, went on my little rant at the beginning and I've just looked over at the machine and eh, there's some how many bubbles you got? Oh quite a few. Yeah. 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 Well yeah. <clears throat> Don't regret a single thing. Uh you gonna come back again? I would love to come back. Okay. Let me know if which team we're gonna all wear that day. Like I feel like I got I left out blue today. too. This is <laughs> yeah. this is good. The blue is by chance. Yeah. No, the U2 but, could, uh, you, yeah, the U2 what could. What kind of hat you got on, though? I can't even see. I think it's a Michigan. Okay. That's the voice of Jack, who's wearing a St. Louis Blues Cardinals Michigan something. jersey. It's a weird, it's a weird you're hat. you're wearing a, a Cardinals hat. And, and I'm you're just, wearing a Papa Roach hoodie. No, Papa oh, Roach. Papa Rob. Papa Rob. This is my, uh, my, this is, this is my Parachutes for Pets sweatshirt that I just got with Papa Rob on it because I am old, cranky, and grumpy. And my friends over there think that it that I'm a lot like Papa Smurf. That's all that I can come up. With. So I got a, sh a sweatshirt with Papa Rob on it. Okay. So, but it's not blue like the Smurfs. No. Okay. No, no. I drew the line there. I said not on my watch. No, no. Not on my watch. Were you seven HL today? Uh, no, I was on Wednesday though. Okay. I heard you, you got in some trouble. I heard you did something I did a couple years ago. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, but you'll you'll like this though. Yeah. 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 Got a little mad at Sailor. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've both been there. And then Randy Kwong says to me after he goes, It's okay. I told him in the locker room after that, hey, Sailor, we'll just do what we all wanted to do for years. So it's fine. <laughs> it's it's totally okay. Uh, there's a zero context to anybody listening. But, uh, no, no, uh, but it's all good. I listen. The, no, the <laughs> 7HL listens to this podcast, so they will get it. And I know it, and Sailor knows it, and you know it, and I'm, I'm proud of you. And then I messaged him, and I said, yeah, sorry about that. Popped a Did you have of, to? Yeah, I felt bad. Okay. I like Sailor. He's a good guy. He is a great guy, but we've both been there. Yeah. We've he both was, been there. He was, yeah, he's being a bit of a... Yeah. Richard. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I see what he's you being did a Richard. Uh, guest brought to you, and he's a guest. Will Nelt, thanks, buddy. No problem. Uh, brought to you by Ski Seller Snowboard. SkiSellersnowboard.com. 76 years uh snow in the mountains is weak so it's it's not that far away it never ever is so if you're looking for skis bindings uh how about snow skating all of these things head on down to the one location that's open there's four in the winter one in the summer mcleod trail by chinook center 
before we go, um, let's start with the golf tournament. Uh, I mentioned my good friends at Parachutes for Pets. Uh, we've got our first golf tournament coming up on August 24th at Speargrass. Uh, it's teed up for pets. You can see the QR code. We'll hold it. We'll hold it. We'll hold it. Or you can go on the website and uh, get a hold of us at Parachutes for Pets. We'd love to have you. Um, it's going to be a, a big, huge, fun day. Uh, a couple of, um, eh, a couple of, you know, surprises, uh, and Speargrass, Willie's been out there. They treat you like, yeah, beautiful. They treat you good. So I would love to have you, uh, make sure you join us, uh, check it out. Um, lots of grumpiness today. Um, and I'll, I'll finish with the grumpiness, but before we do that, um, I'm going to hold on the Adam. Let's go to Lanny. Okay. That's Lanny McDonald. Like it's this, this is what you do after a tense show. You show a picture of Lanny McDonald receiving his Queen Elizabeth II Platinum Jubilee medal, which I believe Mike Vernon also got this week, along with the Hall of Fame. So talk about a week for Vernie. There you go. I just wanted to put that in your storyline or your timeline. Uh, and finally, I'll just go back to where I started. Um I this is this is significant for me. It always is. Um it's important for me to be an ally. We start this program by talking about its inclusion. Um, I fully expect that eggs were broken today, and that's okay. I fully expect that some people are probably angry at me for the language, and that's okay, too. I get it. But this one, I'm not sitting out. Um, the decision made by the National Hockey League yesterday was done for uh, the wrong reasons, and it, it's empowered a group that doesn't need to be empowered. It doesn't need to be heard from. There is no room for homophobia. There is no room for um, discrimination. Uh, Love is love, hate is hate. And if you're mad at me today because I have somehow outed you as a hateful person because you've determined that particular group is not equal to me or my friends, that's your problem, not mine. I will always be here, as I said off the top, I've got friends, I've got coworkers, I got family in that group, and I'm going to protect them and fight for them as I will for young athletes, as I will for my friends on the seven nations, as I will for my friends up in the Northeast that are trying to put, I was, I got to tell you, I was at a basketball program um, in Marlboro last night watching it. And there are some great people in this community trying to lift us up and the national hockey league messed this up. Hopefully they'll learn from it. Hopefully they'll change coming up on Monday. Mike Morielli, the uh, president of the Canadian elite basketball league will join us. Also, you can bet uh, we'll have some hockey. Uh, later on in the week, Boomer's going to be in Nashville. My God, what bad can possibly come of that? So lots to do next week. Thanks to our producer, Jack, who is absolutely outstanding today. Thanks to you guys. We will see you on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Two sides to every code Then there's a conversation you 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.